today as we talk about family, I'm really excited about this, this message because so many people say, yeah, Pastor, I know you're talking about family, but your family's nothing like mine. Like, I, I can't relate to you. I don't have a marriage still. Or, you know what, we've got, you know, well, I'm married, but I got kids from, you know, from their previous relationship, my previous relationship, and so we kind of got like this big mixture, or I'm a single mom, or I'm a single dad, and I get the kids, you know, like half of the time, and half the time they're in someone else's home. You know, so your family may be different than mine. Or you may say, man, we're newly married. Or we're married with little kids, or we're married with older kids, or we, we don't have any kids. I don't know where you are in the spectrum, but here's one thing I know we all have in common. In every one of our homes, words are spoken. All of our homes. We all have this in common. Words are spoken in our home. You say things to someone, and they say things back to you. If we could record all those words that were said, would you be happy with it, or would you be embarrassed by it? It's a good question, isn't it? Because words have so much power. So we're going to talk today about that. I'm excited about that. And then at the end of the message, we're going to do something unique. We're actually going to give you a chance to use your words to speak a blessing over your family members who are with you. And if you don't have family with you, you can speak a blessing over someone else, or you can actually take a moment to write them up. Either way, we're going to teach you how to speak a blessing that the Bible talks about over those that you love. I'm very, very excited about this. Before I get into that, though, I want to give you three simple statements that, that, are, that are found in God's Word that will help you understand why this matters so much. The first is this. Your family is a gift from God. Your family really is a gift from God. The scripture says in Psalms 127, it says, children are a gift from the Lord, babies are a reward. And so having your family is a gift. Now, some of you know right now are like, okay, is this like a gag gift or is this like... (laughs) So, or maybe you're like, my gift showed up broken, I don't understand. So... It doesn't mean we're, we're perfect people, we have it all together, no, but we really, we really are gifted by God to have our families with us. And if you don't believe me, just talk to one of your friends who's lost a family member. And they will tell you it really is a gift to still have your spouse, or to still have your mother, or your father, or still have a child. It's a gift to still have your siblings. And so, because there are people who, who don't have that any longer. And I will tell you, sometimes we don't recognize what we have until they're gone. Please don't do that. Let's recognize that our family really is a gift, a good gift that God gave us. Now, the second thing I want to point out before we go any further into this blessing concept is Psalms 128 says this, your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children are like olive plants around your table. So there's, there's this language being used here that speaks of vegetation, speaks of planting, speaks of, of gardening. Why would God use that kind of language here? He's saying my, my wife is a fruitful vine. Uh, you know, my kids are, are like an olive branch. What, what, why is he saying that? Well, for one thing, If we take that illustration one step further, think about this. Plants live or die based upon the environment they're in. Your words create an environment. Are your words creating life or death? Either way, it's creating an environment. In fact, this is what Scripture says. It says in Proverbs 18, it says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences, good or bad. You're going to reap the consequences of the things that you say. What does that mean for you and me? It means your words matter. So if you want to turn your family around, turn your words around. If you just begin to say things differently in your house, it really will change how you parent. It will change how you get along with your siblings. It will change your marriage. Your words are that powerful. Your words are so powerful. Do you know that when God spoke, the world was created? His words created the world. And your words are creating your world too. There is a miracle in your mouth. What are you saying? Because if you'll just change what you're saying, it can change everything. So you want to turn your family around? Turn your words around. As simple as that seems, it really is 
true. Your words have great power. There was a Catholic nun who was also a teacher at a private Catholic school. And uh, this was in the late 60s. She taught high school. And uh, one particular Friday afternoon, they had one, one period left, and, and the kids were really antsy and, you know, having a hard time focusing. They were kind of all over the place, jumping up and down, you know, going to talk to each other, not really paying attention. So finally, she said, okay, everyone sit down. She thought she had about 15 minutes left. She thought, I just need to get them busy doing something, right? So she said, everyone get out a blank sheet of paper. She's literally making this up as she goes. Everyone get out a blank sheet of paper. And she says, now write down from top to bottom of your sheet every class member in this room. Go ahead and start at the front and just write their names down you know, row by row. So they did that. She said, now I want you to take the next 10 minutes and write two positive things about every one of your class members, something you admire about them, something you like about them. Two sentences or two things. So from the next 10 minutes, they just wrote this out. So as soon as the, the period was over and class was out, she said, before you leave, turn your papers in. So they all turned the papers in. This nun went home and she, there was no computer to process this with. She just did this on her own. She went home and she read them all and she got a clean sheet of paper out and she would write one class member's name at the top and she went through every single one of those sheets and wrote down every single thing verbatim that was written about that class mem member on one sheet of paper. That was a really an act of love that she did that. There's a lot of time to do that. Then she came back Monday and when that class came around, she passed them all around, around. after their assignment was done. She said, now take the last few minutes. I want you to see what your friends think of you. She passed them all out, gave them each their sheet of paper, and it was deadly silent for about 10 minutes. In fact, several people had big smiles on their faces. Some people even had tears in their eyes. They were moved by this. They were shocked by it. They were like, oh my gosh. They did not know how they were loved, how they were admired, how people looked up to them and believed in them. It shocked them. She kind of forgot about that assignment after it was done, you know. Weeks turned into months, months turned into years. She was no longer teaching at this point. The Vietnam War had now begun to happen, and America was taking a lot of casualties. And there, was a little, there was a boy in her class that particular year that was in that moment that actually took part of that exercise. Her name, his name was Jimmy. He died in the Vietnam War. She heard about this, and she was invited to the funeral. Of course, she wasn't going to miss. She goes to the funeral, and she sees a lot of Jimmy's classmates there, and she went and gave her condolences to his parents, of course. And at the end of the funeral... Jimmy's father came over and said, do you mind coming by the house afterwards? We're going to just have a few friends and family over, and we want to show you something. She was like, of course. So she goes to the house, and she's, you know, hugging the necks of former, you know, students that she taught and that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy's mom and dad come up and say, we want to show you something. We were given a package that came in from the military of, of what was on Jimmy when he died. And, of course, there was a tattered Bible there that he read from occasionally, a small little pocket one. But then they said, this is his wallet. They opened it up, and inside the wallet was a tattered piece of paper that had been folded over and over again and unfolded, barely together still. It was a sheet of paper he was given with all the good things that were written about him from years earlier. He kept it on him. She was shocked. And when they pulled it out and began to read those things, several other classmates stood up. One girl came over. She had just finished graduating college, and she pulled hers out and said, I keep it with me. Everywhere I go, I keep it in my purse. Multiple students had kept that. Several said, I have it at home. I have it in a drawer. I keep it. That's how much we need encouragement. People are longing to know they're accepted, that they're valued. We all need encouragement. So today, I want to teach us how the Bible says to encourage our family members, how to bless. And the Bible actually says to speak a blessing over one another. 
There's this great story in Genesis chapter 27 that, that teaches us how to speak a blessing over our family. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When you read the story, you may not get this out of it. You may think, whoa, this is kind of crazy. This guy named Jacob steals the blessing of Esau from, his, from him. Basically, he fooled his dad into thinking, because his dad was very old, about to die. He, he was blind. He couldn't see much. And so it was kind of easy to fool him at this stage of, of his life. And so he really wanted that firstborn blessing that the Bible talks about. Understand the Bible has a firstborn blessing, but the Bible talks about blessing all of your children. Yes, there's such thing as a Jewish firstborn blessing, but they're all blessed. But he really wanted to snag that firstborn blessing from his brother, so he fooled his father. And it's easy to focus on that, and that's a powerful story. But I will tell you that I want to stop and focus on the blessing that his father gave him, thinking it was Esau, he actually gave it to Jacob. But what's even more powerful is at the end of the blessing, when Esau comes in and realizes that Jacob has stolen this blessing, he fooled his father, thinking it was Esau. Esau is a grown man, he's a hairy guy, he's a hunter, and he breaks down as a grown man crying, saying, Dad, please, can you just still bless me? A grown man is wanting. I mean, blessings must be really important if brothers are willing to fight over it. Wow. It shows you how valuable it is. So rather than focusing on that part of the story, I want to talk about how Isaac, the old man in the story, blessed his boys so we can learn how to bless our children and bless our spouses our mother and our father, our siblings as well. So there are five things we need to learn to do to bless our family. Now, before I go any further, some of you say, okay, hold on. Pastor, you're about to ask me to bless my kids or my spouse or a brother or sister, but I have a family member that they're not really making good decisions right now. I understand that. Please do not confuse a blessing with an endorsement. You don't have to endorse every single thing a family member is doing and agree with all that they're doing to be able to bless them. And so when, when, when family members come to me and they say, when, when parents come to me and they say, my, my child's making really foolish decisions, what do I do? I tell them the same thing. I say, love them. Love them anyways, because God loves us anyways, right? So just love them. I want to encourage you to do that. So here's five steps to take uh, based upon the blessing that Isaac gives Jacob that we can bless our children and our family as well. Who they are. The first one is this. Give meaningful and appropriate touch. In a world that is so scared and nervous about touching, I want to encourage you, you should touch your children in an appropriate way. Do not let the fear of inappropriate touch keep you from touching them at all. And so I make it a point to go put my arm around my wife and love on her, and it's not always sexual in nature. It can just be a hug to say, I love you. And men, that's important that we show non-sexual affection. The men in the room right now are like, non-sexual? I've never heard of such a thing. What is this? <laughs> try it. It's, I know it's new, but just try it. It's important that they know that you love them. You, you love them for who they are. Okay? That's a big deal. Same with, with my daughter. I'll go up and give her a very appropriate side hug. I love her and I'll kiss her on the forehead. And so I want her to have affection for me so she doesn't need to seek affection out in the wrong ways from boys. She needs to have a father's affection. Does that make sense? My boys, they're big, burly guys, man. I still got to go, come here. And I give them a big hug, you know, and they're, they're huge. My boys are big. You should see them. They're massive, right? And so Mason looks like a gorilla, you know. I'm like, come over here. And I give him a big, giant hug, you know. And it's so funny. Even Jessica, it's so funny. She still wishes they were little. She'll be like, Mason, come here and sit in my lap. You know, like, this is going to be funny, right? So he goes over and sits on her, and she's just flat. And she's like, oh, you know, like, because he's so big, you know. But she just longs to hug him right? She longed to hug Cole and Sophie. She loves it. And then, and what's funny, then of course, Cole then go, goes and piles on. Now all three of them are piling on Jessica, who's buried at the bottom somewhere, you know? And so, but you know what? She loves every second of it. 
And so there's something about affection that matters, just, just, just in a loving, appropriate way. Look what it says here. Then Isaac said, now my son, bring me the wild game, let me eat it, and then I will give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food to his father and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced and, and he blessed his son. So he, at first he was like, I don't think this is who I think it is. Of course, he did fool him. And we could focus on that, but I want to focus on the blessing instead today. But basically he said, come over here, give me a, a it was an appropriate, it was a Jewish kiss, whether that was on the cheeks, that kind of, or the forehead, that kind of thing. Matthew 19 says this, even Jesus did this. Jesus said, let the children come to me, don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them before, they, before he left. So he literally, can you imagine the son of God putting his hands on your head as a child and saying, I bless you. Wow. What a moment. That's like a award. It's like better than the Grammy. Are you kidding me? Jesus puts his hands on my head and says, I want to bless you. Wow. So it's important. So when you bless someone, you don't just want to say something. You want to say, hey, hey square off with him. Shoulder to shoulder. Look at me. I want to tell you this. Now put your hand on him. Give me your hands. I want to, eye to eye. I want to, I want to tell you what you mean to me. So it's, it's important. Think about that when you do it. Take the time to square off with him. Meaningful and appropriate touch. Number two, speak a clear message of love and acceptance. Now, this is where Isaac says to his son, ah, the smell of my son. I know it's kind of funny, but what he was saying was about, about Esau. Esau was an outdoorsman, so he smelled like the outdoor. He'd come in, and it was like, you clearly were outside. You know, you smelled, you can smell the outdoor nature of it, right? Now, moms, if you have teenage boys, that smell may not be something you're liking right now. But the truth is, is that you'd miss it. You would, wouldn't you? You'd miss it. Some of you are like, no, no, no. You would. There was a young man in our church years ago that passed away in a car accident. He was engaged to a girl also that went to the church. I did their funeral, and I will tell you, it was the saddest thing. Um, all their hopes and dreams were dashed. And uh, everyone was all dressed up for the funeral, but the one who was dressed down was the fiance. She was in a ratty old T-shirt, and she said, I, I know I don't look that well, but this was his T-shirt. And I I just, I won't wash it because I can still smell them. I'm telling you, people are a gift. And you'd miss that smell. You would. There's something powerful about that. So he said, basically what he's saying was, just when you walk in, there's an air about you. Basically he was saying, you put a smile on my face. Just walking in the room. What is he saying? He's saying, I approve of you. He's saying, you're valuable to me. So the second thing here is to speak a clear message of love and acceptance. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you right now, the words have been so harsh in your home lately that before you can speak a word of love to someone, you may need to start with saying, I'm sorry. You just may need to start today by saying, before I say anything good, this is so far from what I've been saying, I want to apologize. And so just start with that, it's okay. But just saying that is so powerful. Don't be afraid to speak love and acceptance to those that you care for. Let them know that you love them, that you approve of them, that you accept them, just like they are. Speak a message of love and acceptance to them. Then look, he goes on to say this. Ah, oh, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. He was saying, hey, God's blessed that, right? From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvests of grain and bountiful new wine. What's he doing here? He's attaching high value to him. This is where we need to look at our children, look at our spouse, look at, look at our siblings, and, and let them know what you see in them that's great. 
tell them, this, man, I see this about you. This is something I've always noticed about you. Let them know what you think is amazing about them. What's worthy of praise? Let them know what those things are. Attach high value to them. And then the, the next part, he says this to his son. He said, many, may many nations become your servant and may they bow down to you. May you be the master of your brothers. That doesn't mean Lord over them. He wasn't speaking over one to another. He was saying, you're the head of the household. Like you're the firstborn, that you're going to be the head of the household. That's what he's saying. May your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed, and all who bless you will be blessed. What does this mean? Number four, picture a special blessing, uh, a special future for them. This is where you speak to their future. You may say, well, pastor, I don't know the future of my kids. I know we don't, but you know what? You need to tell them loud and clear, I believe in you, and I believe you have good plans in store for you. God has big plans for you. You're going to do great things. Guys, I didn't even know this growing up how special my upbringing was until I became an adult to recognize that most of my friends didn't have this. But I grew up, my mother told me regularly, Billy, you're special. God's hand is on you. You're going to do big things for God. My father would tell me all the time, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. You're going to do great things. I just thought that every kid was told that. That's what I was told growing up. We've done the same with our children. We're always talking to tell them what we see in them that is special. And the last part of this is really important too. Affirm an active commitment to them. Now, Isaac is older at this point, so he's already lived his life with them. They're grown up at this point. But we can find all throughout Scripture where God is always saying, I am with you. He said in Matthew 28, he said, Lo, I'm with you always. He says, hey, go make disciples. But while you're doing it, I'm with you. So this is where we don't just say we believe in you, but we say, and I'm, and I'm here with you every step of the way. And this may surprise you, but the Bible's pretty clear that we're supposed to help set our kids up. Now, this doesn't mean you do everything for them or you make their life super easy. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am saying is that when people say to me, everything I have I got on my own, that's actually sad. No, no one helped you? Like your mom and your dad didn't assist in any way? I, I hope that's not the case. We're supposed to help our kids become successful. So you, maybe you have a daughter who's really good at the piano. That's great, but have you invested in getting them a piano? You know, if you, you know, hey, I think you're going to do great, go to college and get, you know, help them get in college. If you can help pay for it, pay for it if you can. If you can't, assist them in some way. In other words, are you helping them every step of the way? They need to know, not only am I in your corner, I'm going to help you. I want to support you. I'm going to do what I can with what I have to help you. Affirm an active commitment to them. And if you'll do that, you will see that they will feel blessed, know that they're loved, and that confidence will be carried with them in everything that they do. Now I'm going to do something unique today. I'm going to invite my family to join me on stage right now, and I'm going to speak a blessing over them and just kind of show you how to do it based upon what, we, what I just taught you, and then we're going to do it together. We're going to, I'm going to teach you how you can do it, and you can actually do this with your family as well, whatever church, uh, whatever campus you're at, or if you're online, you may want to gather your family to kind of watch how we do this as well. So come on over here, guys. And so, these are my little bitty kids, my small little bitty Mason. Okay, he's not so little anymore. And Cole, they're so huge now, it's crazy. Cole's 6'3", blows my mind. Okay, so I just want to do this. I wrote some things down um, that I just think of, of each one of you. And so I just want to tell you something, Mason, that I, I believe in you so much. I really do. And I'm proud of you. I want you to know that. And I want to tell you something. It's really been neat, you know, this last week I got a chance to go to the Stone Oak campus and you had your grand opening, uh, your kickoff for the Devo uh, 
young adult ministry that you have there in Stone Oak. And what was so cool, not only were you impacting so many people, great teaching, great communicator, but what was so fun is that you've built such great teams, which means you're a builder of people. People are drawn to you. They're drawn to your leadership. There's been a sensitivity about you for a long time. You're sensitive to the things of God. You're sensitive to other people. People see that. When I go to the Stone Oak campus, there's young people everywhere. That's because of you. That's because of your leadership, your influence. You are a difference maker. You are doing great things, and you're going to continue to do more. And your mom and I could not be more proud of you. I love you, son. Just want you to know that. So I'm going to pray um, the blessing over the kids that Bill was talking about in number 624. And ever since they were little, every night I would go into their room and pray this blessing over each one of them. So we're yeah. just showing y'all, like, in a minute, y'all are going to stand up and bless your families. And so we're modeling for y'all how to do this. So you'll say something like what Bill just said, mm-hmm. and then you'll say um, the blessing over them that we'll have up on the screen for y'all to see. So. They want to snap a picture of that. They, well, you can use it. But uh, this is the blessing yep. that, that we pray over them. Okay. Mason, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Well, Cole, I want to speak these words over you as well. Cole, the word that I first thought of when I thought of you was the word bold. Everyone who knows you knows your, your bold and your beliefs, your convictions, your passion. Your mom and I were talking the other day about how this next generation, not everyone, but there's a there's a, a problem in my generation too, but coming up, a lot of people are kind of walking away from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we both said, without you being there, we said, we know that's not gonna be a problem, Nicole. Like your convictions are rock solid. You're passionate and what you believe, you stand by. And you've always been that way. You're an individual. You're also a soul winner. I, I remember when you were little, uh, I remember I, I was peeking out the front door and I saw you sitting on the curb with a little boy next door that lived next door, down, down the street actually. And you, I saw you bow your heads and I realized he's praying with him and you led him to Christ. You came in and told me, even as a child, you were leading people to Christ. It's amazing. I love the fact, I love your energy and your excitement. You draw people to you as a leader and then you point them to Christ. I'm proud of you. You're going to do amazing things. You're already doing great things and you're going to do even more amazing things. I love you. I just want you to know that. One of my favorite stories, you know, as a mom, we all have our funny, our sweet little stories that we have. But one time in particular, I went in to give Cole his blessing one night. And he was a chubby little guy when he was little. And he put his little chubby hand on my forehead because I would always put my hand on their forehead when I'd pray the blessing over him. And he put his little chubby hand on my forehead. And he goes, Mom, I want to pray the blessing over you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my heart just melted. I'll never forget that moment. That's just one of those moments I have etched in my mind that I always have to tell about this blessing. So, all right, let me give Cole his blessing. Ready? Cole, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. Sophie? Oh my gosh, you're growing up too much. I don't like it. <laughs> How many dads know what I'm talking about? I don't like it. <laughs> Mom, Jessica always tells me, Bill, that's a double standard. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with that double standard. I'm fine with it. So it's really true. But you know what, Sophie, when I think about you, I just think about God's hand being on your life in such a special way. I'll never forget when we went to Russia, when God stirred in us to go and adopt a beautiful little girl from Russia. I remember thinking, is, is she going to be mine? Is it going to feel like she's our child? And the first time I picked you up, I knew right in that moment that you were my baby. It just it was instantaneous. <laughs> 
just watching you grow up and, and you become so beautiful inside and out. And uh, something that most people don't know about Sophie is that um, she'll get texts all hours of the night or, or a phone call even, and it's from your friends that are hurting and they call you. They come to you when, when they need advice and help and wisdom. I just think it's so beautiful. This tough exterior Sophie is actually a big softy on the inside. And it's sweet to see how you always steer your friends in the right direction. You have great wisdom to give them. You're amazing, you're beautiful, in and out, and you're gonna do great things. We love you, we're so proud of you. And I guess Sophie, her blessing. Sophie, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Turn his face towards you and give you peace. Okay, babe, come here. I want to thank you for raising me all these years. Um, <laughs> no, the truth is this is easy to do. Um, I, I get a lot of credit for the church and the leadership, but the truth is, is I, I wouldn't have any of this without you. All of it. You've stood by my side and been so loyal. And uh, even when other people didn't believe in what I was doing, you've stood by my side and defended me. I can't tell you how much that means to me. You're beautiful inside and out. What most people don't see is when I crumble, when I'm falling apart, I fall into your arms. That's why I say you, you, are, you are my refuge. You are my vacation, just being with you. And so I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for being an incredible mother. And uh, you're the glue to our whole family. I'm so grateful for you, and I love you, baby. Love you, too. Did you know that? <laughs> so right now, let's all stand to our feet. And uh, if you are sitting near your family, please huddle up. This is, this is that time. You get to do that. If you're not with your family, it's okay. If you're with a friend, you can share an encouraging word to your friend. Let them know what they mean to you. That's okay to do that. But if you're near your family, please, please do this. And dads, I wanted to say this to the dads, if I can right now across all of our churches. If you're watching online, lead the way. This is how you lead spiritually. Let, you need to be the start of this and be the one to say, let me, let me say something right now. And just square off and look at your spouse. Look at your kids directly and, and just tell them what they mean to you, what you see in them, and then speak to their future, what you believe that God's going to do great things in and through them. So go ahead right now and share it with each other. Go ahead. We're going to continue on stage and share. Everyone's going to share with each other on stage as well, privately with the mic off. But go ahead and share. Those of you who are alone right now, it's okay. Pull out your phone right now. You can text your family members and just tell them how you love them, what they mean to you. Or you may want to open a document and you can just write all these things about what you believe in them and then later on get them face-to-face -face and have a time to share these things with them. And also I'll be back in a minute to put a blessing on each and every one of you who are watching right now online and at our churches as well. So just a moment, we'll be back.
You guys just keep going. Don't stop on my account. It's great. It's okay. As people are still speaking blessings over their families, don't stop. You're great. I'm going to speak a blessing to those who are with us. Maybe you don't have your family with you. I speak God's favor on your life right now. I want you to know God's word says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. That's what God says about you. God believes in you. He created you unique to who you are to do great things. And if you're still breathing, God's not done with you. He has a great future for you. You guys glad you came? Been powerful, huh? Amazing. You guys give my family a hand. Love you guys. Thank you all so much. Appreciate it. Bye, little Mason. Little guy. Just little tyke. Just a little bitty tyke. <laughs> it's so fun to have them here and to have you guys share in this time. And I, if you didn't get a chance to be with your family today, maybe your kids are in children's church, take the time during lunch. Like, go out, get a bite to eat, and just go around the table and say, well, just let's all take a moment and let's all share about dad or, or about mom or, you know, whoever it is. And just do that. It's a beautiful thing to do, and it can be a real blessing. And this doesn't have to be a one-time thing. Please don't make it that. Please do this on a regular basis. I want to encourage you to do that. And so that meaningful touch, looking at someone, let them know you love them, that's a big deal. And so make sure you do that with not only your kids, but with your spouse, with your parents as well. I'm going to make a time to find my mom and my dad today and my sister as well and even my brother-in-law. Even that guy. I'm going to love on him too. <laughs> Somehow. It's going to be fun to do that. But I want to encourage you in the same way to do the same thing. And so thanks for being here. Next week, we're talking about turning your marriage around. Next week, specifically to that, be sure to be here. Also, next week's is baptism. It's going to be great. And so if you want to get baptized, show up. It's going to be great. Yep. If you want to sign up for that, you just go to churchunlimited.com backslash baptism. You can get signed up for that as well. Well, we never close our services without giving you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. So if you'll bow your heads right now, right now, across all of our churches, we're going to pray. You can receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. God blessed you by sending his Son to die on the cross for your sins and for mine. Then he rose again, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and I to individually receive him. Pray this prayer with me. You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I repent of my sins. I ask you to be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high right now? All of our churches right now, if you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high. If you're watching online, you can put in the text chat right now, just say, my hand's raised. Or on churchunlimited.com, just click hand raised. Just let us know right now. Lift your hand high. If you just gave your life to Christ, lift your hand high. Praise God. There's hands going up all across our different churches right now. Thank you. We see those hands. Praise God. We thank God for the decision you made to give your life to Christ today. Praise God. See those hands. God, thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you're turning our words around, and therefore, Lord, you're turning our families around. Thank you for today. Thank you for the power of your truth. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Pastor?